Today we, we are in part 28 of our teaching and our study of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 28. To open up the teaching, we have a question, and the question is, what do you consider the wisest decision you have ever taken? Or what would rank up there for you? That when you look back at your life, you are like, this must be God breathing upon me. This is a wise decision. This, I mean, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging you made a right wise decision. I know some people, we are so humble in court that we don't want to admit we make bad decisions. But when you make a foolish decision, you are very quick to admit that you, make a, you made a foolish decision. Even if you don't admit, your situation will tell you that you've made a foolish decision. But wise decisions should be acknowledged also, you know, because God says that the more we acknowledge the giftings and, and the graces upon our lives, the more they are effectual in their communication. You know, so what would you consider the wisest decision you've ever taken or one of the wisest decisions, a significantly wise decision that you've taken in your journey so far? What will it be? Okay, there's a hand there. And, and that, okay, and there are two hands on the side and there's one here. I know we have a lot of wise people, yeah? Good evening, Papi. Good evening. The wisest decision I've taken is leaving the streets and following Jesus. Amen. 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 For the, for, for the purpose of our PG rating, we will not explain what leaving the streets means. So, you know, um, you can see maybe like she was selling gala, you know. <laughs> traffic then she decided to follow Jesus so if you are wondering what's living in the streets and the con- some of our content we, we are not going to deal with them because of we have young people we want to encourage them to come to church but we don't want to s- scandalize their mind okay so um, thank you God bless you yes Amen. praise God hallelujah okay so for one of the wise decisions was the the first part of this wisdom series. So, Pastor, you said uh, that you know this thing is fire, and then you are still looking at the fire and saying, is this fire? Should I touch it? So that's, that period, I, there was something I needed to decide on, and I thank God that I made the right decision, and it has really helped me. Amen. Opening all that door. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. Okay, yes. Good evening, Pastor. Yes. So one of the wisest decisions I've ever made is joining God's favorite house. (laughs) Okay. It's joining just which of the two, the church or the office? (laughs) Okay, praise God. Um, Yes. 
I think that's, that's the last one, right? Okay, then there's one there. And we are done. Yes, let me dive in. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, for me, it's pretty long, but I'll just cut it short. Um, I worked in the telecoms at the initial, I mean, so, I mean, God told me, I heard him clearly, and he said I should leave telecoms and face and dive into music that there's a lot he wants to do in my life. And it was pretty tough because I was early in marriage, and I mean, it was hmm. really tough. So, I mean, I made a decision, and it wasn't funny, but today I'm so glad to God that I took that decision. Amen. 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 Okay. Finally. Praise God. Hallelujah. I will say uh, my wisest decision was to take up a full-time employment job when I was my final year in school back then. And right. it's paid off for me because it helped me to grow when it right. comes to having experience. And also when my friends, everybody finished our institution, when they are still looking for a job, I am still, in the, I'm still employed and working. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's not too early to start working. It's not too early to start working. Um, I started working in university. You know, it's early days of university, Steph, year one. Uh, it's not too early to start working. Some people shield their children so much from life that by the time they finish university, they are clueless. <laughs> like, mom, can I still stay home? <laughs> no, 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 no. Get out. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> okay, our text is in Proverbs chapter 30. And we're going to read, I think there are 33 verses. And it says, this, this saying of Agor, I will say Agor. Agor. Is that the right pronunciation? Agar. <laughs> you are not reading anything. <laughs> you are saying that guy. Read the Bible, my friend. <laughs> this Agar is an interesting, interesting, interesting young man. In fact, at some point, I hope we have a time to look at these conspicuous characters in the Bible, you know, like Agar, you know. The son of Jacob contains this message. I am weary, oh God. I am weary and worn out, oh God. I am too stupid to be human. I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom. Nor do I know the Holy One. Who but God goes up to heaven and comes back down. Who holds the wind in his fist? Who wraps up the ocean in, a, in his cloak? Who has created the whole wild world? What is his name? What and his son's name? Tell me if you know. Well, when he was writing, they didn't know. We know. His name is Jehovah. His, son name, his son's name is who? It's Jesus, you know. Okay, good. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Do not add to his words or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. 
Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, Agor pleaded, help me never to tell a lie. Second, Agor cried to God, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Never slander a worker to the employer, nor the person, all the person will curse you and you will pay for it. Some people curse their father and do not thank their mother. They are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. They look proudly around, casting disdainful glances. They have teeth like swords and fangs like knives. They devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among the people, among humanity. The leech has two suckers that cry out, more, more blood, more blood. They, there are three things <laughs> that are never satisfied. No, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, and the blazing fire. The eye that mocks a father and despises a mother, a mother's instruction will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. <laughs> That's huge. There are three things that amaze me. No four things that I don't understand. How an eagle glides through the sky. How a snake slitters on a rock. How a ship navigates the ocean. How a man loves a woman. An adulterous woman consumes a man and wipes her mouth and says, what's wrong with that? There are three things that make the earth tremble. No, for I cannot endure. A slave who becomes a king, an overbearing fool who prospers, a bitter woman who finally gets a husband. <laughs> the man is finished. <laughs> a servant girl who supplants a mistress. There are four things on earth that are small but usually wise. Ants, unusually wise. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Iraxes or badgers, rock badgers, they aren't powerful, but they make their homes among the rocks. Locusts, they have no king, but they match information 
lizards, they are easy to catch, but they are found even in king's palaces. There are three things that walk with stately strides and majesty. No four that strut about. The lion, king of animals, who won't turn aside for anything. The strutting rooster, the male goat, a king as he leads his army. If you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. As the beating of cream yields butter and striking the nose causes bleeding, so stirring up anger causes a quarrel. Now, as, as we can see that the, this um, chapter, like many of our other chapters, is pretty loaded, I mean. So we are going to be, um, I'm, I'm going to pay attention more on things that the other parts of the teaching has not covered. So for instance, the final verse that says that um, if you how to stir up anger, you know, there's no point. We've dealt with that, I mean, several times, you know. And we're also going to skip content that is PG-18 for reasons I've explained earlier. So verse 3, verses 1 to 3, if, if you have an outline, you should be writing and um, try and write as much as you can in the spaces provided, and fill in the gaps um, of, of the list and the bullet points where necessary. Verses 1 to 3, the voice translation says, verses, it says, there are, these are the words of Agor, son of Jacker, an oracle of wisdom. Agor was an oracle of wisdom. He says, I am weary, God. I am weary and spent, oh God. I certainly am a stupid man. Can you see that? As dumb as an ox, I don't understand the way that most people do. I have never learned wisdom. And I have no knowledge at all of the Holy One. Go back to verse 1. These are the words of who? Agor, son of Jacob. Who was, who was what? An oracle of wisdom. <laughs> when someone is an oracle of wisdom, the person opens his mouth and wisdom flows out. And Agor would describe himself. And Agor would say that <laughs> I am dumb. I am a stupid man. I, I know nothing. You see, the path to being filled 
with God's wisdom, God's power, God's glory, God's knowledge, direction, is the path of emptiness. God cannot fill a vessel that is already full. If you think you know, then they will leave you alone because you know already. So if you think you know, you really don't know. The people that are truly wise truly know how much they don't know. So their reliance is on God. So everyone that will be wise must acknowledge his or her emptiness. Is or emptiness. I mean, and this is so profound because as, as much as we are to seek God's wisdom and deploy God's wisdom and grow in God's wisdom, we are to constantly be in the place of emptiness so that God can fill us with his wisdom. When, I mean, um, Elijah said to the widow, Go borrow vessels. It was specific. He said, go and borrow empty vessels from your neighbor. Because by, by chance, you can borrow a vessel that has some water in it and bring it on some other items in it or, and all that. He says, make sure it's an empty vessel. If you, if you, if you say, go and borrow vessels from your, from your neighbor, you could assume that, of course, it should be an empty vessel. But God doesn't deal with ambiguity. He was specific. Borrow Borrow only empty vessels. Why? Because oil only flows into empty vessels. Oil doesn't flow into full vessels. If an oracle of wisdom says, I know Sabi anything. And it was not a statement of humility. You know, some people, they are, they actually think they are wise. You know, they, 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 <laughs> they move as they are. But they pretend as if they are humble. It's, it's pre- but they think they are wise. They are wise. But they pretend as if they are humble. They are filled with sarcasm and some quips. You know, they are, you know, but they, they pretend that as if they are humble. But they are full of themselves. They can never learn. They can never grow. You will not be like that. Say amen. The man described as the oracle of wisdom takes a position of emptiness. Took a position of knowing nothing. So again, you know, one of the greatest undoing of a lot of people is actually thinking you know when you don't know. Thinking you know when you don't know. It's a huge problem. So you have someone that needs help. It wants, it needs to be mentored. Comes into your office. And he spends his 30 minutes with you. Telling you how much he knows. And showing you how he's an expert in, in this area, expert in that area. So, I mean, that happens to me a lot. So what do I do? I just smile and I listen. I mean, me, you can learn from everybody. This more teaching where you get a good collector. Do you understand? I will learn it. No problem. At the end of the meeting, it goes, I am wiser. It's not a wise thing. Go and shut up. You don't know anything. If 
Argos says he doesn't know anything. Believe me. Do you know anything? <laughs> you know, my meeting with, with Pastor Craig Rochelle, and it's what amazes me about him is I'm, I went there with loads of questions. As I'm asking him a series of questions, and he's explaining, he's pausing. I want to ask another one. He says, wait. He's asking me questions. I said, listen, I'm here to... to but, says, but, but, but I need to know, how do you do this? I said, no, 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 no. I am here to... <laughs> so it was, it was a constant battle of who is going to... <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. For a man, do you know the average attendance of his church every Sunday? A hundred thousand people. Over a hundred thousand people. And there was, there was some certain things he told me to do nine years ago when, we, when, when, when I first met him. And I was, I was sharing how we do those things. And he was saying that he's just about to do it. He says, ah, I should have taken my own advice. I mean, who? Such humility. He says to me that, wow, so this is how you do it. So this is what it works. He says, I should have, I should have taken my own advice. He says, because I told you to do it, but I forgot to do it. Most people will pretend that they already do it and they know what, what to do. And that's why they remain poor, they remain mediocre, and, you know. If Argo can say, I know no Boko, you and I, we have no business thinking we are wise. When we come to before God, we are what? Empty. And that's why people don't get direction. People don't get direction because when you come to God, you think you know what to do. So people think they already know what to do. So they come to pray to advise God. To in case he's lost, this is how you should do it. Ah, praise God. God cannot fill a vessel that is already full. And you see, and that alone is a whole sermon by itself, but we need to move on. You know, Algo offers us an, um, an, uh, an answer or a help in, in verse 32 when he, when he says that, you know, if you find that you are proud, you know, crush the pride. If you have been a fool by being proud, cover your mouth in shame. Acknowledge that, look, I have messed up. The rest of my life is still before me. Nothing is impossible for you to recover. No ground is too lost for you to gain. Praise the name of the Lord. So the first thing is, cover your mouth. Oh, wow. So this is how I have been. And don't say, oh, pastor, why are you so hard on us? <laughs> I'm hard because I want you to be wise. Praise God. And you will be wise in Jesus' name. Verses 5 to 6 talks about the infallibility of the word of God. Every word of God proves true. Every word of God proves true. He, God, is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Every word of God. So, I don't know what 
which word of God you are holding on to. I don't know what you are trusting God for. I don't know what God has said to you. But listen, every word of God proves true. If you hold on to that word, you are going to rejoice at the end of the day. Because every word of God proves what? Proves true. Every single one. And for the benefit of those that lead or teach, God is warning us that do not add to his word, even in your personal life, even if you don't preach or teach, do not add to his word or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. Don't add to his word. Don't say God has said when God has not said. Don't try and twist anything. So we go to the intriguing prayers of Agor. These prayers are interesting, and I want and I want you to I want to hear your thoughts on them. Verses seven to nine. Verse seven to nine. He says, "Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die." <laughs> Number one, first, help me. Never to tell a lie. So when he says, help me have them before I die, that means, is he still lying? Is he, he, maybe he's still lying. Well, he wants to stop lying before he dies. Is that it? Secondly, give me neither poverty or riches. Give me just enough To satisfy my needs. And he gives his justification for asking like that. He says, for if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am poor, I may go and do yahoo yahoo. And dishonor your name. Hmm. The first part seems pretty straightforward. Help me never to tell a lie. And I think it's a prayer we all should pray. Praise the name of the Lord. The second part says, Don't give me riches. Don't give me poverty. Just make me okay. Does okay sounds familiar from Sunday's teaching? What, what, what do you think about that? I mean, and, I've, and I've heard people pray this prayer for themselves. Really. I, I struggle to pray because I, I don't think it applies to me. But I don't know. Let me hear your thoughts. Yeah. There's a hand right beside you. Thank you. Good evening, Papi. Hi. Okay, um, for me, I think the first part, he was asking God to help him. The second part, he was not asking for God's help. He was looking at himself for help, thinking that maybe he could, um, he, he feels that he can't do it. So he would have just used the same thing. I would probably say, God help me to, you know, love you more even as I grow richer. You know, the higher you take me, then the deeper in love I should be with you. Amen. 
Amen. I mean, that nailed it for me also because why, if God can help me not to lie, he can help me not to deny him when I have wealth, right? He was looking at himself. Anybody else? Huge contribution. Anybody else? Now I have to look left and I have to look right. There's a, there's a hand there and the choir store. Agar says, don't give me poverty, don't give me riches. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think about the riches part, um, like what you taught us in gold and silver. Right. Yes. So it's possible that Mammon was playing tricks on him. Right. <laughs> you know, so if, if he had a better understanding, he would know that he can be in control by the Spirit of God in him. And um, riches will not determine, you know, how he responds to God. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So, Mammon was probably praying tricks, tricks on him. But I haven't said that. Anybody else? Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. I, I think um, from another perspective that he was just admitting his frailty. He was saying that God... You see my heart, you know that this I can become arrogant. Arrogant. So more like don't please don't let me get to the point where I begin to behave like a vagabond. Right. Keep me you know keep me where you are well not like that but yeah. keep me where my head is level. That is where I it can is like that. <laughs> okay, I, but, but I get you. So um Okay, so we take one more, then we, we um, right beside you, yeah. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, I think that kind of rings a bell, because when I gave my life to Christ, I prayed a certain prayer. Right. I was praying one day, and I was believing God for some things, and I said to God, I was like, don't give me any blessing that would make me turn away from you. I don't know if that was the right prayer to pray at that Don't time. give me any... Blessing. 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 Exactly. Okay. That will make you turn away from him. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I think that was actually born out of, of okay. some kind of obsession I had. So, so, so that means there are some blessings that will draw you closer to him. <laughs> uh, that one is different from God's prayer. I got nothing more blessing. <laughs> I didn't know that, I didn't know that was the right prayer for me to pray. So, but at some point, I look back and I ask myself, was I supposed to pray that prayer? But you should. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you should pray that prayer. No, no, no. You should. Because it's the blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow to it. So there are certain other blessings that can make rich and add sorrow to it. So it's a good prayer. But it's just different from what Agor prayed, but it probably Agor should have, you are probably wiser than Agor because it's probably the same um, intention, like, like Debbie said, of look I know myself, I don't want to become arrogant again, Agor was an oracle of wisdom these guys, they know what money can do money is a very tricky tricky um, entity very tricky. It has wings. It can fly. That's what the Bible says. Money can make someone that 
has been so gentle and nice and sweet become so cocky and arrogant to the point that when you now ask how much is the money safe then you don't see that it's not even anything so <laughs> so because of 100k you have 100k you looked at your account you check balance you see 100k that can make some people's heads spin do you know that for some people, you check, you see 100 million. 100 million, that is your bank balance. Ah, you do like this. <laughs> then, then you begin to shout. <laughs> but 100 million is not a lot of money. It's not. Don't million is not a lot of money. You see, $100 million. You don't want to say, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you see, I go, you see, I go. <laughs> the spirit of I go. <laughs> now, listen, the, the truth is, the truth is, honestly, should I tell you the truth? $100 million is not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. It's not. Why should God be afraid of losing you over a hundred million dollars? It's actually, um, I think it's insulting. To the grace that's available to you as a Christian, really. So, it's just like saying, you are married in some Cases is the truth, but it ought not to be. If your wife gets $100 million today, how many husbands to pray that God, please, give my wife $100 million? I can. Yeah, and, and those that are married to my daughters can't. <laughs> because uh, they know they are. But some men can't pray. <laughs> Pastor! <laughs> She should get hundred million dollars. Let God give me. Then I will bless her. So that she can keep coming to me. But I'm praying that. Should I pray it? <laughs> that God will bless her. Everyone. But the key thing, the key thing is this. The blessing is not the is not is not the crux is the blesser is the blesser if you understand that god is your source you will hug that source tighter than what is flowing from the source because if you can have the source in the presence there's fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore i'd rather be there when David says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in, in the front of your house, let me be the houseboy. He thinks he's a fool. He's not a fool. He knows that that place that you're calling houseboy is bigger than his throne and his kingdom on earth. So while Agar understood the deceitfulness of riches, and, and listen, you can't take away from this prayer. Honestly, because it is better to pray this prayer and end up in heaven than 
to pray that God will bless you and you would not say, who is God? I've seen people say that. They don't even say, who is God? A man said, what is God? What? He didn't say, who is God? He said, what is God? Why? Because his face doesn't need God. He says, it's only lazy people that need God. He says, because they are poor, that's why they are going to church. He says, what they are praying for, that their God should provide, I can write a check for it. But the error of thinking there's something wrong with people that are seeking God is because, like, and thinking, liking them to be like that is because of how largely the church has portrayed God as a vending machine. You know, the one you go to to solve your problems. You put in prayer, some, some shekels falls down to you. When praises go up, come on, you know it now, come on. What happens? <laughs> I mean, honestly, from a principle standpoint, that is true. But you cannot, that cannot be your basis for seeking God. If that's, your, if that's your basis for seeking God, you're going to miss it. You better pray God's prayer. Let God not give you riches or poverty. Let him just give you enough. And for some people, that is okay. But for some of us, God will give us the treasures of darkness. The hidden riches of secret places. In the name of Jesus. If you get to a place where you consistently know there's nothing God has given you that you have that you cannot give to God. So what is $100 million? So if you know that if God says, this $100 million, give it to me, you can give it. Then the $100 million doesn't own you. You own it. Praise God. So, so, so for, for some people, the, the, the threshold varies. And that's where the work is. The work is in developing capacity. Perhaps, like um, Sumba said, if Agar had said, I will not look at my limitations. I will look at your potential. You can empower me to be in control of wealth. Or he seeks to increase his capacity. Because, excuse me, what, when he says, give me, give me neither poverty nor riches, do you know that what is neither poverty or riches? Do you know that what some people call riches is actually poverty to some other people? So, so when some people say, oh, riches, they're talking about getting um, a million a month as salary. That would, be a, that would be riches for them. If I pray that prayer, people that want a million a month, they, if you know, people will say amen. But there are some other people, a million a month, that's poverty. If you know what they are taking care of, you know, the mom cannot solve anything. So when he says, give me neither poverty or riches, what is that? He's saying, give me what my capacity can handle. So what if that capacity increases? 
What if the capacity increases? Which is why we have to keep learning, we have to keep growing, we have to be, keep developing. So, because the more we develop, the more we can retain. The more we can retain. So, what appears to be average for you, will become wealth, exceeding wealth for some other people. Meanwhile, it's just average for you. Praise God. Okay, let's go on. Verse 11 to 13. Some people curse their fathers and do not thank their mothers. And they are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. They look proud around, casting disdainful glances. Then the next one, verse 17, says, The eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instruction will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. You see, a lot of people have lost their capacity for vision and their capacity for sight in life. They are in life, but they cannot see in life. They can, yes, um, on, on Sunday, we're saying that you, God is saying to you, what do you see it? So you have the capacity to see. Some people have lost the capacity to see because of how they disdained their parents, because of how they treated their mother or treated their father. Or they have limited sight. You could argue, oh, daddy was wrong. The Bible, the Bible says um, 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 some people cause their fathers that are wrong. It, no, that, it, didn't, it didn't qualify. It doesn't matter if they are wrong. Biological, spiritual, same thing. Praise God. But you will see in Jesus' name. And those that are struggling with seeing, God will restore your sight. We have mercy upon you. And you will correct your ways. Even if you are dead, you will honor their memories and correct their, your ways in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Verse uh, 15 to 16. We're going to skip it. It just, it just says to us that we should stay hungry. Stay hungry. Hungry. That, that's the takeaway from it. Fire consumes. A womb that wants children will keep demanding for what it needs to get children. You know what that means. PG-18. For the desert that is thirsty will keep drinking water. We keep taking water. You know? So you have to stay hungry. You can tie that to verses 1 to 3. You can tie it to to be empty to, so that God can fill you with, with wisdom. And um, we go straight to verse 21 to 23. It says, there are three things that make the earth tremble. No four. You notice that if we use those kind of, um, in, in poetry, um, there are um, manners of speaking. If you say so, there are three things, no four. It says there are three things, no four. Why does it say that? Why does it just say there are four things? You know? So it's, it's, it's a way of, um, of writing that's supposed to engage the mind of the reader. A slave who becomes a king, it's, it's, it makes the earth tremble. <laughs> I, 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 and the earth is trembling. The earth right now in the world 
all around. You see slaves as presidents. What I mean by slaves? You know what I mean. An overbearing fool who prospers. The earth is trembling. The video I spoke about on Sunday about the guy that had some money, he came out of his car, they had to carry him on a, on a throne. And the four FT men were carrying him about and he was spraying money. The earth is weeping. How did this fool get this money? How did this fool get this money? You know? Honestly, some homes, when you say the earth, it talks about earth institutions that flow from, the, from, from humanity. Some homes are trembling. You know, some years ago, I was speaking to a lady, and she was praying, I mean, I mean for, for her husband, you know, for financial breakthrough. And, you know, and she was in my office, and it was a big, I mean, both of them, they wanted us to pray, and... <clears throat> And so, so I, said, <laughs> I said to the man, I said to the man, because I was picking up some things in the spirit, so, so I said to the man, can you excuse us? So he stepped out of the office. I looked at the lady. I said, that I feel in my spirit that God really wants to bless this man. But I need you to agree with me that God will really bless this man. Do you want God to really bless this man? She did like this. <laughs> Say, Pastor, no. <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm like, why? Ah, you will show me Pepe. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is your husband enough to say, Pastor, let's go, keep, let's go, just, we are okay. So I called the guy back and we prayed. <laughs> now listen, listen, I said, Oh, what should I do? I should tell him that his wife doesn't want to. <laughs> you have destroyed the marriage now. You can't do that. So I prayed, I actually prayed that they would prosper, but I know they will struggle. Because that's the beauty of marriage. Except your wife from her heart releases you to prosper. You are not going anywhere. Keep treating her like crap. You're not going anywhere. In fact, your prayers are not even going anywhere. It's in the Bible. The Bible says your prayers will not even ascend. You have to treat her with what? Uh, With sense. With sense. Make her happy. (laughs) He said, but pastor, that's not fair. Nobody, you marry him. You saw all the women. That's the one you marry. You carry it. <laughs> Praise God. You manage her. I was a manage. You manage her. That's how to do it. If you do gra gra, she will wait for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Where are we? <laughs> What verse are we? <laughs> Pardon me? 
You see, you see a man prospering. He's, check his wife. She's fully, you know. And the man to his stick is grateful and is, you know. Is the roger where we're. <laughs> you know, you don't know what roger is. Okay, don't worry. You don't know what roger is. Okay. <laughs> Verse what? A slave that becomes a king, and unburied, and um, ah, uh, okay. We we need to pull the curtain. So, an an overbearing fool who prospers, a bitter woman who finally <laughs> gets a husband. I mean, that's one. We can spend another thirty minutes explaining that a bitter woman that finally gets a husband. The man finished. <laughs> so, when you want to marry a woman, look for one that that is not mean. When a woman is mean and bitter, no matter how beautiful she is, run for your life. Because when the chips are down, she will show you pepper. A servant girl who supplants her mistress happens all the time, even in the days of uh, the Bible. It's not only today that house helps are overthrowing madame. It's been happening. The earth is... Verse 24 to 28. 24 to 28 also talks about three things, small things that are, things that are small but mighty that we need to learn from. So to be unusually wise, you have to do four things. To be unusually wise, I'm going to breeze through it. To be unusually wise, do four things. Number one, learn from the ants. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. If you want to be a, a mark of a wise person, is someone that plans ahead. If it's, if it's when, you, you're, okay, your wife is pregnant, at nine months, it's time to deliver. You say you don't have hospital money. What were you doing from month one to month nine? The pregnancy was not an accident. At least the delivery wasn't. Even if you claim the pregnancy was. Plan ahead. If you find a way to spend all you earn, you're a fool. That's what the Bible says. Every time you have money, if you always find a way to finish it, you're a fool. You're very creative at finding ways of depleting your resources. You're a big fool. Learn from the ant. Plan. Number two, have a fortress. Have a, learn from the badger, the rock badger. Have a fortress. Have a fortress. Build one. Build a fortress. Sometimes you can't build a fortress. Find one. Find a fortress. The badger did not build the rocks, but he found the rocks that can hide under. Find a fortress. Number three, I mean, not number three, um, but under, still under fortress. Form strategic partnerships. There are people that are stronger in certain things that you are not strong in. Allow, be their friends. Let them help you. 
A wise person, if you want to be unusually wise, you, you must plan ahead, you must have a fortress. If you want to be unusually wise, you must be, number three, a person of order. A person of order. The locust, they don't have a king. What a king does is a king or leadership brings order into situations. So the locusts don't have leaders, but they file out in ranks. They can attack a whole farm and finish it in minutes because they are in order. Your life, if you, if you check, your life is in disorder. How do you know? Check your bag, your purse. You know? Some people, I'm looking for my key. I'm looking for my key. You have found the old bag that you can't find the key. You put everything back. You start searching again, then you finally find the key. That's confusion. <laughs> That's disorder. That's disorder. Your wallet. Open your wallet. You want to use a card. Where is the card? It's there, I know, somewhere. <laughs> anyway, number four. To be unusually wise, plan ahead. Have a fortress. Be a person of order. Number four, be astute. The lizard can be easily caught. But the Bible says... That is found in the king's palace. He uses his astute. You know, another transition says the lizard, the lizard is astute. To be astute means that he, 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 he thinks about this strategic. You just look at lizard, lizard, lizard. Lizard is very strategic. If they want to enter your house, they know where to pitch. Once you open the door, they will just enter. <laughs> very strategic. To be unusually wise, you have to plan ahead, build a fortress. Be a person of order and be astute. 29 to 31. Take it as your own work. Do we have any questions? Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.